um, I, feel, I feel a real weight today, this evening, about what I'm going to preach about. Oh, man. I feel a real weight about it because any time that we speak about God, any time that we describe Him, I always know that I'm falling short. I always know that I'm never hitting the nail on the head. And so I'm praying that tonight, that from the outset of this message, and as you listen, that God would reveal himself to you. Actually, I'm going to pray that right now. God, I just pray that you would be revealing your true nature to every single person. Where my words fall short, where we struggle to understand, I pray that you would embed yourself on the heart of every, every person here this evening, that we would feel you and that we would know you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to talk about these shorts that I have. This is my favorite pair of shorts. And um, they just look like normal shorts, uh, probably to you, but to me, they're special for a few reasons. One is their stretchiness. So they're quite, they have a lot of give to them. So that's very, if anyone remembers the Taiwan videos, one size. Um, These shorts have also got the best So the stretchiness is really good for when you're doing lots of stuff and you don't want your pants to rip. They also have this toggle right here. So they have a toggle instead of you having to tie it up every single time. So, so good. And also it may look to you like there is um, just two pockets, but there's two hidden zipper pockets. And so this week, when I was um, putting up the reimagined sticker in the foyer, like when I want to have my, if I'm on the roof, if I'm on a ladder, I want to know that my phone's not going to fall out of my pocket. So I got the little zip there. So these are my favorite pair of shorts. And whilst they are my favorite and to me, they're perfect to me, I'm sure that you would have a very different pair of favorite shorts. Maybe you just don't like that color. You want a different color. Maybe you prefer to have more pockets. Maybe you prefer less pockets. But each of us is just so individual that I could never tout this as these are the best shorts in the world and everybody needs to buy a pair. We all, we're all so different. We all have so many different needs that they're going to be filled by different products. Every single person here Humans are complex, and so the solutions to our problems are going to be complex. I would be absolutely astounded if we, if everybody got their phone out and looked at their home screen. Um, So everybody do that right now. Everybody get your phone out and look at your home screen and, um, and look at the apps that you have on your home screen. And, um, and I've got, you know, oh, I actually didn't prepare this, but this makes me look awesome. (laughs) I've got Bible, top left, prime position, and then I've got Evernote, and then I've got clock, phone, settings, etc., etc., etc. I would be 100% astounded in the chat, comment what your top four apps are. I would be astounded if, if there were two people in here who had the exact same phone layout. And you know why? Because I know that every person is different. And when every person reaches there for their phone, they're reaching for a different app. And their app layout is going to be different because throughout the day you have different needs and you're going to need to find something different. It's not going to be the same thing that I need in my day. It's going to be something that you need for your day. Everybody has such complex and such different needs and the solutions are never going to be the same. And that's why we get disappointed when we hear about the amazing story of the couple that falls in love over coffee and maybe you just, you're a person who just absolutely hates coffee. So it's like, well, that's not going to work for me. 
Or um, maybe you hear about someone that came to real financial strength through buying and renovating houses, but you have zero desire or skill to live with a half-finished kitchen for six months of your life. Uh, or maybe you have, you have zero desire at all to use a drill or to plaster. You know, that might have worked for that person, but it ain't going to work for you. Maybe you heard of somebody who's so connected to God because they get up every day at 5 a.m. and they go on a run and they meditate on a flat plain of grass and that was mowed by Micah Matheson. And <laughs> that's, that's ultimate zen right there. And you might hear someone who connects to God really well that way, but you're frustrated because... You, you don't wake up at 5 a.m. Maybe you've got kids that would burn the house down if you left for five minutes. But whatever it is, there's so many solutions that people seem to have to problems in their life that we just wish that we could apply to us. But we just can't because we're so unique. And you know our uniqueness, it's actually, a, it's a gift from God. We've got to see it as a gift from God. But the flip side of that is the frustration that we feel when we try to solve problems using other people's solutions that don't quite fit us. You know, I think about David who, who was recommended by Saul. Here, you want to go fight Goliath? Here's my armor, but it didn't fit him. And he chose, I'm going to put this aside because I know that God has a different solution for me. That might be your solution going into battle, but it's not the solution for me. And so all of us have this tension, I guess, where we're surrounded by people with answers. Everybody loves to put their answers on Facebook and check out this meal plan that I did or um, I did this and it really helped me and this is my new morning routine and, and it'll help you too and a lot of the time that sort of stuff we can try and implement into our life but the pattern's never going to be exactly the same. I think about it like when you go to see your doctor, one person looking to solve um, issues of fatigue might be given and some iron supplements, but another person going to a doctor looking to solve fatigue definitely wouldn't be given iron supplements because then maybe they have healthy iron levels so they'd get hemochromatosis. Uh -huh. <laughs> Comment in the chat if you know how to spell hemochromatosis. Uh, but basically, when you go see the doctor, the doctor is able to analyse you according to your medical history, according to your lifestyle, your behavior and your habits. And two people looking for the same result will get a completely different prescription. And so tonight I want to talk about Jesus. He's called by some as the great practitioner or the great physician. But just like a doctor who analyzes your medical history and prescribes for you the perfect uh, solution, well, to the best of their knowledge, the right solution for you, I really believe that Jesus is the only one who knows us well enough to provide the right solution for your problems in any seasons. You might decide to go Googling. You might decide to go uh, ask friends who have been through those situations that you're going through right now, but nobody is going to have the exact prescription that you need. You don't want to end up with whatever spiritual hemochromatosis is, whatever that equivalent is, you don't want to end up with that. And so I want to paint a picture to us tonight of God. And again, this is why I feel a great weight this evening, because I think when we 
understand God and, and our theme this year is reimagine. And I think we need to reimagine our image of God because quite often, quite often we get it a little bit wrong <laughs> and quite often we get it a lot wrong. Um, but the way that we think about God changes how we approach Him. It changes whether we go to Him for solutions or not. Some people in here have never approached God for a solution in their entire life because, because their view of God is of a God who doesn't care. Some of us are going to God every single day because our view of God is that, man, whatever I'm going through, I need God's help. Um, Whatever it is, we all have different images of God. And so I want to paint a bit of a picture today. Let's look at, I'm going to bounce through a few scriptures. Psalm 139 verse 6. A lot of us would have heard this. You saw me before I was born. God saw me before I was born. Before there was any physical description of me, of how I was, God saw me. He saw who I was. Every day of my life was recorded in his book and every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So God knew me through and through. He even knows the days that are ahead of me that I don't even know. And someone who knows that, someone who knows where I'm heading, someone who knows the days that's ahead, that's somebody that I want to trust with knowing the direction to point me in in life. But God doesn't actually just know the days ahead. He feels them too. Hebrews 4.15, this high priest of ours, speaking of Jesus as our high priest, he understands our weakness because he faced the same testings that we do and yet he did not sin. So not only does he know what's ahead, but he has a full concept of what it means to be in your position. He has a full concept of what it means to be a human. Colossians 2 verse 9 says, For Christ, in Christ, lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So we have fully God and we have fully man living in a human body who understands what it means to feel pain, who understands what it means to be confused and hurt and lost and betrayed. He understands all of these pains. So he knows our situation. He understands the pain. And then now we look at John chapter one, verse one. It says, in the beginning, the word, speaking of Jesus, the word, I love the way New Living Translation puts it, the word already existed. We're talking about the beginning and you think, how can something exist before the beginning? But that's part of this paradox is that the word Jesus already existed and the word was with God and the word was God. So Jesus is fully God. And yet he lived fully in human form. Hebrews 7 verse 24, but because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. When it, talks, when it talks about priesthood here, the concept of priesthood in the Bible is basically people who are elected to be representatives of God to man and of man to God. So Jesus is representing God in full form to us. And then he's also representing us in full form to God. He's bringing um, our hurts, our pain to God. It goes on to verse 25, which basically says a similar thing. Therefore, he's able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. And he lives forever through all time to intercede with God on their behalf. Jesus is interceding with God on our behalf. He's bringing our needs. He's bringing our requests to God on our behalf. And I know I'm throwing a lot of concepts out there and I'm about to wrap it all together. And 1 John 2 verses 1 describes Jesus this way. uh, My dear children, I'm writing to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, so we're not just talking here about goody two-shoes that Jesus is representing to God. But anyone who does sin, we actually have an advocate 
who pleads our case before the Father, not just representing, but actually pleading our case before God. Jesus is pleading our case. His name is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. So again, it's not just the goody two shoes. It's not just Jesus going, oh, I like you and because you're really nice and, and you're really good. And so I'm going to represent you to God. But actually for all of those, all of us who have fallen short, all of us who are stuffed at big time, uh, Jesus is representing us too to God. This is a potent, a potent combination of love and care that I see nowhere else in creation. A potent combination of understanding and not just understanding, but actually feeling what we feel. So, you know, someone who, who understands your problem, they might give you a solution, but if they don't feel what you feel, it might not hit the nail on the head, man, but Jesus, he even feels what we feel. And not only is he feeling that, but he's interceding to God. So let's recap. One, this is a little bit Shane Willard, but one, God knows us fully and entirely. These are just recaps of those scriptures that I just read. God knows us in our fullness and in our entirety. Two, God understands what it means to be human through Jesus. Three, Jesus feels our pain because he faced it too. Four, Jesus intercedes on our behalf to God. Five, Jesus intercedes on behalf, not just the good ones, but those of us who have stuffed it too. And number six, Jesus is fully God. And when you wrap that all together, we get to the main point that I want to push tonight. And that is that our needs aren't just heard by God, but they are felt within the very being of God. I love this, this, um, this quote by Tim, the theologian Tim Mackey. He says, God has actually included within himself a representative of the human plight within himself, including our lack of wisdom, our inability to know what to do, our pain. These are not external to God. God doesn't hear the cries of our suffering and the cries, the suffering of humanity as something external to God's own self, but they are actually themselves a part of God's own being in the person of Jesus, who is making intercession on behalf of confused, hurting humans in this present moment. And that is such a, such a hard concept to wrap my head around it. But, but when I do, I suddenly understand that, that my God cares so much more for me than I think. My God loves me so much more than I think, and He understands me so much more than I think. Not only does He know my needs, but He feels them deeply within. And not only that, but this is not something external to God that someone needs to come knocking on God's door and say, hey, do you realize that Slate is going through this hard time? But as soon as I feel something, as soon as I feel pain, it's actually within God's own being that Jesus is interceding on my behalf. So within God's own being, He is feeling my needs. And, and to me, that is just crazy. The way I think about it is kind of like a stomach. You know, when you get hungry, you say, I'm hungry. Your stomach is the thing desiring food, but you go, actually, no, I'm, I'm hungry. It's not like your stomach is, is saying, hey, by the way, would love some food sometime. And it's like, oh yeah, I probably, I should get to that. It's like, I'm actually feeling that deep within me. That need comes to me before I'm before I go, it's been three hours since I've eaten, I should probably eat something. I feel the need. Before someone has told me of the need, I feel that need. And it's not external to me, it is within me. When you're hungry, you're intensely aware of the need. And not only that, but you are driven to fulfill it. And I think about God, man, if he's, if he's built this into himself through the person of Jesus, the intercession of our needs, 
then I just know that God has a deep desire within himself, a deep drive to fulfill our needs. Exodus 34 verse 6 and 7 talks about Jesus as being, sorry, about God. It's a description of God's character and it describes him as being compassionate, slow to anger, full of loyal love and faithfulness, compassionate and gracious. And that word compassion God is compassionate. That word compassion is the exact same word that is used later on in 1 Kings chapter 3 to describe a mother who is begging a judge that she would, that he would save the life of her son. A mother who is described as being deeply moved out of love. And that's our God who feels our need. And not only does he know the need, but he feels a deep moving and longing within himself to want to meet that need. That is the God that we follow. And so when we talk about God, I hope I'm not losing anyone, by the way. Um, so when we talk about God, we're talking about a being that includes a human because Jesus is fully human and Jesus is also fully God. So we're talking about a being that includes a human and this human represents the concerns of humanity within the very being of God. And it's crazy to me that God Pastor Shane Willard talks about a concept of zimzam, of of God um, removing himself from a space to create space for us. Um, God actually shrinking himself so that we could be be made larger and creating a a space for us. And and so it's crazy to me to think that, that God in his perfection, that he would internalize the hardship and the suffering of his creation into his own, into his own being. And so, where does that leave us? I mean, it's a cool concept to think that, you know, that God has all of this within himself, brewing on the inside. Um, but I have a simple challenge for us this evening, and that is just to reimagine. And I know that we saw it on the way in, and I know it's been part of our language, um, but I really want to bring that challenge to us tonight to reimagine. Firstly, to reimagine our response to problems. When you have a a problem in life, what is your pattern of behavior? How do you deal with that problem? When you understand, when you know uh, the, the way that God deals with us, the way that God feels the problems that we have on the ins, uh, the problems that we're facing in everyday life, then I hope that that changes where we go when we have problems. I hope that that changes our problem response. For me, it, it, it changes it from my first port of call being texting friends and, and searching up on Google to actually pursuing Jesus and to make Jesus my first destination. And, and when Jesus feels, he feels our needs and he feels our pain. And so it's only natural that his solutions, as I said at the start, would really hit the nail on the head. Because it's like this pair of AirPods. Um... When I have these AirPods in they, and they're playing music, it's awesome. And then when someone comes up and talks to me, all I have to do is pull the AirPod out and it pauses, pauses my music. And it's like, oh, somebody, whoever desi- designed AirPods, they're definitely a headphone user. They're definitely somebody who is using headphones and was like, you know what? This is really frustrating. Someone talking to me and I'm pulling it out and rushing to my phone and trying to press pause. And you know, any old engineer at Apple or Samsung or wherever, any old engineer could have been like, you know what? There's a pause button on the phone. You can just pause it. But this, this solution to a problem that I didn't even know I had 
came from somebody who is obviously a headphone user. On the other hand, Apple mice have a terrible design where you have to flip them upside down to charge them and the cord's plugged in and you can't even use it. And that is definitely designed by somebody who wanted the sleekness of the mouse, but they actually never used the mouse themselves. And that's the difference that we have. The problem is solved with the mouse, but it's a terrible solution. And when we go searching for our solutions in places of, with people who don't feel the same way that we do, who haven't been through the same history as us, who don't have the same intricacies, the same personality, the same habits, the same um, situation in life, we get a solution that just makes no sense. But when we go to Jesus, we go to somebody who feels our need. We go to someone who knows it deep on the inside and has already felt a yearning to be able to respond with compassion and be able to respond with love. So a few questions for you. Where have you sought solutions in your life for whatever problem, but you've run dry? I know I've sought solutions so often, again, with friends, with trying to come up with the best idea myself, which doesn't often work that great. There's always a better solution. But I've just found that every single time Whenever I seek God, I generally find the best solution to the problem that I'm facing. Next question, is your image of God that he is external and unaware of your pain? Or is it of someone who knows and feels your needs? Because this will change the way that we respond to problems. If we have an image of God, if we're sitting there feeling like God would never care about this, then it's not going to change anything. But if we recognize that God feels that need the moment that we feel it, that God feels that pain and that suffering and he understands it at that moment that we feel it, I reckon that's going to change what we do when we have problems. Last question for this thought is, what problems are you facing right now? And do you think that God feels your pain too? And I really want to challenge anyone today who has a conception of God that says that God doesn't feel what I feel or God doesn't care about me. I really want to challenge you tonight to reimagine your image of God. He is a caring God. He is a compassionate God. He's full of loyal love and faithfulness. So we've got to reimagine our problem response. We've got to reimagine our prayer as well. Some of us think that prayer is like lodging a support ticket with a company, lodging a complaint or something, sending off an email, here's my thoughts, here's what's happening, boom, here you go, God. But God, if God already knows and feels our needs, maybe I need to reimagine prayer. And I'm not here to introduce a new concept, a concept of prayer that we talk about quite often, and Pastor Chris even mentioned it this morning, a concept of prayer that really helps God put it all together is just becoming more aware of God than we are of ourselves and our situations. So keep praying, pray this week, but instead of treating it like a support ticket, instead of treating it like you're lodging a request, why don't you let your spirit rest, open your eyes, see where God's already at work, see that God already feels your needs and he he has a desire to fulfill those needs. He may not fulfill those needs in the way that you expect him to, but that's because he knows the best solution more than we do. And your prayers, uh, your prayers are not there to awaken God, to make him aware of your need, but they actually, I actually feel like that they actually would excite God 
the fact that he's already seen the pain and the heartache and he wants to do something about it. And now through your prayers, he's getting an invitation to be a part of the solution. And I feel like that would excite him to the core. And so do your prayers reflect an image of God who is hearing your needs for the first time? Sometimes we, it's like, oh God, I don't know if you knew, but by the way, this is happening. What do your prayers reflect? Think about one of your most recent prayers. Even if that was a year ago, think about the way that you pray. Does it reveal an image of God that looks like he doesn't care or like he doesn't know what's going on in your life? Or does it reveal the image of a God who cares deeply and wants to be involved? Do you feel closer to God when you pray? And if the answer to that is no, then, you'd, then it would be definitely healthy for you to reimagine prayer. How can you reimagine prayer so that you become more aware of God rather than trying to make God aware of your problems? Whatever model of prayer, you know, maybe you have like a little structure. Dear God, thank you for today. I'll pray about this. Why don't you throw that out the window this week? Pray different. Think about and become more aware of God and how he feels and, and just see where that leads. And lastly, so I've got Reimagine your problem response. Reimagine prayer. Oh, actually, before I move on, I do want to pray for the prayer requests right in this moment. Dave, could you bring those? Um, and I want to highlight specifically uh, a young boy, 10 years old, who was in a car accident yesterday and he has a fractured skull and, um, and, and something in his shoulder. I can't e- exactly remember, but he's in, a very, he's in a quite a serious condition right now, connected to um, somebody here right now in, in this audience. And, um, and I want to pray for him and I want to pray for healing. And I know that right now, it's not, going, it's not the first time that God's hearing this prayer. He, he felt the pain. When, when the car toppled for the first time, he felt the pain. He knows the need. And all these other needs that we have here, hearing, healing of lungs, um, illnesses, um, being able to have children, income requests, jobs, God knows the needs. God feels those needs. And would you just stand with me right now, just for this moment, because I really feel like I just want to set a different mindset and we're going to pray together. And, um, and I love this, this new way of doing prayer that we've been doing in the services, which is I'm not going to pray um, out loud and through the microphone because you might just sit there and listen along. But this is a moment where I want all of us to pray together. So if we could pray for young Bryson, who was just in that car accident, I would love that. You can, you can choose to pray for that. You can choose to pray for this person asking for healing for their lungs. You can pray for this person who is asking to be able to have children. You can pray for this person who is asking for a great start to their new job. Um, or maybe you just have a need in your own world that you want to pray about. This is a great moment and opportunity for us to reimagine prayer. And so um, I'm just going to let it go silent for a short amount of time. And in that time, Let's just be becoming more aware of God and becoming aware of what He wants to do. And if you're online, um, then maybe this is just your moment to just disengage from the screen, just close your eyes, whatever you need to do to move away distractions. And let's all pray collectively and together right now for these needs.
We lift all of these needs to you, Jesus. Amen. You can, um, you can take your seats. I hope that you got a little bit of, little bit of practice in there. But I know even as soon as I started praying then, rather than me flinging stuff off, I, I start to feel a pain in my heart. I start to feel for the people in these situations. And maybe that's what God's wanting to do through prayer, to motivate me to get off my feet and to do something for the hurting and broken around me. Lastly, as I finish up, um, I just want to get us to reimagine the advice that we give. This is something that I feel like is really relevant right now. We're all in an age where everyone loves to give advice. You should finish school. You should get an apprenticeship. You should get crypto. You should get property. You should save. You should get as much debt as you can. You should get vaxxed. You shouldn't get vaxxed. Masks don't work or masks do work and they're helping prevent an outbreak. Whatever advice you feel like you have to give to the general populace, sorry, this is a bit brutal, but what qualifies you to give advice that would suit the intricacies of another human being who has had years of life experience that you haven't had who has had medical conditions that you've never had, who has got family background and history that you never had. We love to throw advice out that worked for us without realising that maybe it would be ill-fitting for someone else, for someone else who has a different personality, a different history, a different family, medical condition, habits and tendencies. At the end of this message, the only advice I feel 100% confident to give out is that you'll only ever find your true life in Jesus Christ. I could give you a one, two, three about how to fix your situation, but I truly only believe that the solution that's going to work for you is going to be in Jesus Christ. And so um, how do you feel about the people that don't follow the same advice as you follow? Do you rise up in judgment? Are you a promoter of your way of life or of actually just pointing people to Jesus? And when someone comes to you for advice, do you point to the answers that worked for you in your uniqueness or to the person who tailor makes the destiny for every individual on this planet? And I love that phrase tailor made because when, you, when a tailor makes a suit for somebody, they're getting the exact uniqueness of the person, the measurements, the dimensions, and they're getting a perfect fitting uh, solution. And that phrase has moved beyond just somebody making a suit for somebody else and it's moved into any business that wants to provide a solution dedicated to your needs and that's exactly what I feel like Jesus can be for us tonight. Maybe you do consider Jesus to be that person who tailor makes the solutions towards your needs. Maybe you don't. Maybe you consider Him to not even care at all. I want to challenge us this evening because I believe that all of us can find hope and life in Jesus Christ. And I believe that God knows us so intricately and so deeply that if we can reimagine how God responds to our needs, we're going to find a healthier path in every pursuit of life, in every path that we walk. And if we reimagine not just um, the way that we pray and reimagine God, but if we reimagine our role in other people's lives, maybe we'll be able to point them to true help rather than potentially setting them on a path that will never really work for them. 
Would you just stand again? And, uh, and then I'm going to pray. So Jesus, thank you that you know us. Thank you that you feel our needs and you feel them deeply within. I pray you'll help us to be aware of what you want to do in our lives and how you want us to help others around us. Amen. And if you've never really considered Jesus as being a person that you'd have as part of your life, then I want to encourage you today, take a moment to decide if this is what you want to do, that you'd like Him to be a part of your life, that you want to stop trying to navigate through everything yourself and do it with someone who truly knows you. Just simply make a decision right now in your own head, in private, that you're going to seek after God this week. Decide to make it your first response to look to Jesus for answers, to talk to Him and to do your best to follow Him. And, uh, and if you want to get any help in chasing after Jesus and looking for Him, one of the team here at church, we'd love to have a conversation with you and help talk to you about your next steps.